2: It's time to get inside the Giants huddle, huddle, up, huddle,
1: up, huddle up. on Giants.com. Here we go. Here we go. And the Giants mobile. Get them in there. Let's go. Part of the Giants podcast network. Welcome to the Giants huddle podcast. My name is John Schmelk. Today, we're going to be joined by a member of our broadcast team and giant legend, Carl Banks. With Carl, we're going to talk about the Giants heading into the Ring of Honor. And of course, we're going to preview Giants and Cowboys on Monday night. Just a reminder, the Giants huddle podcast is presented By PSE&G, energy efficiency for game time and anytime. brought to you by PSE&G. And now we're joined by our broadcast partner, friend of the program, and of course, Giants legend, Carl Banks. Carl, what's going on, man? Good, man. Never a dull
2: moment. Um, Getting ready for the Dallas game and working on a few other Giant-related things that uh, we'll be talking about soon after this uh, Ring of Honor.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We can we can tease that at the end here. The game against the Bears, you might have some fun stuff going on for that in another game later in the year. Uh, but first, let's start the Ring of Honor on Monday night, Carl. You have connections to five of the guys heading in, your teammates, Joe Morris, Otis Anderson, Rodney Hampton, Leonard Marshall, and, of course, uh, Vice President of Medical Services, Ronnie Barnes, heading in as well. Uh, you can take it one by one or however you want. Just tell me about these guys and what they mean to you and why they deserve to be up there with you in the Giants' Ring of Honor.
2: Well, I mean, it's not a matter of being up there with me. They just deserve to be there uh, because of the uh, tremendous standard that they were part of creating. Um, you know, you start with Ronnie Barnes, and he's not not only a great human being, uh, but a great friend to not just players or to players' families or to extended families he's a friend of a friend right so someone reaches out to ronnie and say hey uh carl said carl bank said to to reach out to you because my kid has something going on can you recommend uh someone to work he's never never not been an assist uh or a helping hand to anyone that is part of the Giants family or knows someone in the Giants family. So uh, Ronnie is just a, a great human being, uh, a pro's pro and the best in the business. So, um, and I, I knew Ronnie when he used to keep uh, players in in check when he had a big, a big oak stick next to his taping table when he was still taping ankles and guys would come in late and start screaming at him and he'll take that stick and hit the table and says, you're going to talk to me the right way or else I'm going to hit you. Uh, But he's uh, just a a great human being. And, um, you know, the guys that are going in as my teammates, um, it is truly like a legacy of greatness. Like when you look at the running back um, chronology, Joe Morris, Otis Anderson, who was someone that we competed against, and then Rodney Hampton. And I can tell you with a great deal of certainty that Joe welcomed Otis with open arms. And they worked together to make each other better. And Otis came in, you know, he was a guy who was a star uh, for the uh, St. Louis Cardinals. And he was a nemesis of ours, right? He walked through the door and only wanted to help us get better. Like, he didn't have any baggage with him. Like, hey, you know, do you know who I am? Do you know the rookie year I had? Have you heard of me? Otis came in and he was like, hey, I, and he told us, I just want to be a good teammate and help you guys in any way I can. And him and Joe worked well together. He worked well with our defense. Like, if we needed help with something, and if it was route, we had to cover in man coverage or something, Otis would run the routes. You know, he's a good route runner. He was a hell of a basketball player, but he would do whatever. Or if there was blitz pickup, right? And You know, you got me, Lawrence, and, and some of our big linebackers, and Harry going against these small guys. Otis would step in there. You wow. know, it's like, I'm going to give you guys a look. You know, um, so whenever we needed a look, he was the guy to give it to us. But then when you look at, you know, his relationship with Joe Mars, and then we draft Rodney Hampton and Otis is there for Rodney and helping Rodney become a pro. And, you know, as it ended up, Otis became a major contributor to, in both of our Super Bowls. But it was just just amazing how, you know, as a group, they helped each other become so, uh, so much a part of championship football. And, you know, um, last but not least, my guy, Leonard Marshall, who, again, you talk about Giants family, my rookie year, Leonard was the guy who took me under his wing, right, and showed me you know some of the great restaurants to go to, and and how to be a pro, and, and you know how to how to maneuver uh, around the New York Metro area uh, in terms of you know if you have a passion for something, with the how to do it, how to network, how to keep um, yourself out of bad situations. Also, but the thing about Leonard. It's like people always say, oh, you were in the shadows of Lawrence Taylor. If it wasn't for Lawrence Taylor, your name would have been said more. I think, you know, that's even amplified more with Leonard Marshall, right? Because Leonard and Lawrence played on the same side. And I think Leonard just has not been really given his just due. When you start to talk about the likes of... Richard Dent and Neil Smith and those guys, those defensive ends, Leonard was just as good, if not better, than all those guys. and he could get you he could get you numbers, but he's an ultimate team player, but he was just as dominant over there with Lawrence in his own right. So um again, a guy who, you know who has to has to play next to Lawrence Taylor every single down, i would I would have loved to have him on my side, by the way, but, um, but he, he, in his own right, he carved out his own niche. Uh, he's an excellent pass rusher, um, hell of a, uh, player against the run and a, a really darn good athlete, but he was a guy that you, you plucked him from our defense and put him at defensive end on any other team. He'd be, he'd be in the conversation for hall of fame. Probably
0: getting ready to take on spring.
1: And a couple of Giants from past generations, too. Defensive back Jimmy Patton and halfback slash receiver Kyle Rote will also be going into the Ring of Honor as well. And, Giants fans, don't forget to make sure you're at MetLife Stadium for that home game on September 26th. Giants and the rival Dallas Cowboys, Monday Night Football, Ring of Honor at halftime. It's going to be a great game. Limited individual and group tickets are still available. Visit Giants.com slash tickets to secure your seat today. So, Carl, as you've had a couple of days now to ruminate on the Giants at 2-0, and what are your biggest takeaways, you know, heading into week three here on what the Giants right now, you think you're doing particularly well on both sides of the ball?
2: Well, John, I think they're they're believing that they can win. I think, you know, what we're witnessing as either giant insiders or giants fans or giants observers is a culture shift, a shift in culture. And I say that, and I had a conversation briefly with Joe Shane. Uh, Two days ago, I stopped him and I said, Joe, you know, there's a big difference in what I'm seeing in this team. I said, because you got a game at 16-16 going into the fourth quarter. It would be nothing for these players to give it the old pro try and not win it and feel good about themselves and, you know, get to the mic after a game and say, hey, you know, we played hard, and, and the coach would say the team played hard. We got some things to clean up. But this is a team now, they actually believe they have a chance. They have a chance to win, not hoping, but, like, they got a, a leadership group that will give them the necessary plays. Like, you look at Wink uh, Martindale, never called uh, never called a game like he was a scare afraid. Right. He stayed aggressive the whole game. Um, Mike Kafka called his offense to win the game, not to to tie or to try to get to overtime. And that is something that the players feel. They feel that energy and they go out and they say, "Okay, let's win this darn thing instead of, you know, let's play hard. Let's show up on tape and make sure everybody sees that we're a hardworking team. And we're just not there yet. Like, you get there sooner when you start to win a few games and you start to believe in yourself. Um, and I'm saying all this, John, to say that there's still a lot of work to do. Um, there's This is still not the most talented team in the division. Um, so they have to do a lot of things right, and they have to do a lot of things better than they have uh, if they uh, – Intend to compete or contend within the NFC east. Um, so you you got some wide receivers that are not on the same page uh, defensively, there are a few things that they got to clean up, and then you got to deal with you know injury every week. so um. I'm encouraged by what I, I, I've seen. I am not unrealistic um, because I know that this is not the most talented team and there're going to be some games where uh, the talent difference is appreciable and you'll be able to see it. Um, but what you'll look for in those games is you know execution, to see that if they could still execute against teams that are you know at that next level, but it's fun to watch them. Enjoy it. Um, and let's see where it goes.
1: And you know, Carl, when you talk about it, I think that's why it's so important for a Saquon to start playing really well. And then for two of your better defensive players for Thibodeau and, and Ojolari to get back on the field, right? Looks like they could play Monday night. When you're a team like the Giants, and like you said, maybe the roster isn't up to par with some of the better teams in the league. You need your really talented and best players to play their best ball to make those special plays for you to win these type of close games because it's hard to win close games in the NFL. And if you're going to, you need your most talented players to do it for you. Right.
2: Yes. Yeah, so without a doubt, John. And I think um, you mentioned Saquon, he is bringing his a game uh, these last two weeks and, you know, he keeps banging at it, banging at it until he gets one. Uh, that's what happened last week. And look, when you get your defensive pieces in place, like I said, Injuries, everybody has to deal with them. So you hope your guys come back at the right time, right? If they could come back against some of the better teams, that gives you a better chance upon execution uh, to win a game. So you need your best players when you're you're not talented across the board. you're absolutely right. and then you also need your best players to be their best selves.
0: Getting ready to take on spring. Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.
1: All right, maybe the easiest question I've ever asked you, Carl. So, how do you stop Michael Parsons?
2: Uh, first of all, his, his birth name is Micah Parsons. His football name is Micah Problems. <laughs> it's Micah Mini Problems. Uh, it, I don't know how you, you stop. You try to contain him. Uh, you try not to allow him to wreck the game. Um, and, and when I say not allowing him to wreck the game is if you get sacked, don't fumble. Don't let him cause a turnover. Uh, you take your sack, you keep moving on to the next play, but you don't want the total disruption of Micah Parsons on your offense because he's, you know, he's a guy that he's going to make plays. He's going to make plays and you've got you, to, it, it, you know, the thing about it, you've got to allow enough um, energy or resources towards stopping him, but you can't. Give all of your resources to stopping him because they got some other guys on that defensive front that are just as disruptive on any other day. Like if Micah Parsons weren't there, they're still going to be disruptive.
1: And then offensively, call for Dallas. I feel like this is going to be like an old school, you know, Giants Cowboys from the '80s. You guys are trying to stop Herschel Walker. They're trying to stop Otis and and, and 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 Joe. And which team can kind of put this together? And run the ball better. I don't think either team's going to try to light up the scoreboard and throw it forty times. I mean, is that, is that is that kind of what the deal is here? Do The Giants have to just stop the run, and and then if they do that, things should fall into place.
2: Well, yes and no. Um, they still have a really good um, receiver in C.D. Lamb, and I think Gallup may be back, which yep. is going to um, enhance their 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 options in the pass game and. I'm not sure if Dalton Schultz is healthy, but if he's there, um that's that's a normal passing offense, whether it's Dak or uh anyone else back there playing quarterback, and then you have two running backs, you you make the comparison to uh when the Giants were having to stop Herschel, I would say it's more when the Giants were tasked with trying to stop um a guy like Emmett Smith. Wow. More so than Herschel Walker. Um because within it, much like uh, Ezekiel Elliott, they spot the ball. If you made a good play, they spot the ball as second and four. You know, that's just – those guys just they, – they run and fall forward. You tackle – there's very rarely tackles for loss. And then when you add Tony Pollard into the mix, uh, for these guys, he's a home run hitter. Very explosive. So, you know, you've got to stop the run, but their play-action game with an effective run game is going to be incredible. And then, you know, the same holds true for the Giants. Like, if the Giants can get something run something going in the run game, then their play-action game will, will be effective as well. All right, the final question, Carl. You said
1: you're working on stuff. You know, Monday night's going to be the whiteout. Everyone go out. Wear your white. The Giants would be in their, what basically, their white uniforms from, from the 80s. And then yeah. the next week it's the it's the legacy game and we're gonna see some old school blue jerseys. I know, Carl, you're doing a big collaboration. Give us a little preview of what's going on for that Bears game.
2: Yeah, so that that Bears game. So when the legacy game was announced, um I talked to Pete Guelli and Neil Shaw at the Giants. They're like, Do you have any of your old stuff from the 80s or from the 90s or any of when the starter was on the sidelines? So I'm like, Yeah, I have. The red jacket that our defensive uh, staff wore. I have the Bill Parcells blue sweater. I have the actual locker room t-shirt. I have the training camp windbreaker. So we put all of those pieces back on the drawing board and we were able to reproduce those. So uh, those are going to be available to the, the Giants fans real soon.
1: That's awesome. Carl, good stuff. We appreciate the time, my friend. Uh enjoy Monday night. It should be a lot of fun as a lot of your it teammates head be. into the Ring of Honor. That's Giants Legend, Carl Banks. And of course, he'll be on the call on WFAN on Monday night. We're on 660 a.m. Make sure you check it out. Pre-game show starts at 645 with an 815 kick. Bob and Carl in the play-by-play. And also don't forget that Giants TV, the Giants official connected TV streaming app, Giants TV brings original video content and game highlights on demand and direct to big blue fans. Giants TV is free on Apple TV, Roku and Amazon fire TV and on the giants mobile app. So fans, make sure you go check it out. We'll have coverage of that all weekend long. And of course, Monday Night Football, make sure you check it out. We're going to have another couple of Giants little podcasts too to come up this weekend. Trying to work it on an analyst from ESPN at some point. Don't have a name for you yet. Hopefully we will soon. So stay tuned for that. And we're going to have our normal uh, game preview plus player interview podcast. Julian, love this week. So we'll be in-depth on, on him, the defense, and then we'll preview the game with Todd Archer from ESPN. He covers the Cowboys and Brian Dable with uh, – Voice of the Giants, Bob Papa. So make sure you stay tuned for those Giants Huddle uh, podcasts the rest of the weekend. I'm John Schmelk for Carl Banks. We'll see you next time on the Giants Huddle podcast.